The Lord be with you. In the mid-1980s, there was a popular Saturday morning cartoon called The Care Bears. Any Care Bears fans in the house? No? I guess this isn't the demographic for it. Fair enough. The Care Bears were a pantheon of colorful, magical teddy bears. And they drove cars made out of clouds. And they sang songs about brightening up your day. And each bear had a special attribute that was emblazoned on their tummies. With names like Tender Heart Bear, and Funshine Bear, and even Grumpy Bear for those days when you're feeling a little grumpy. And each week, the Care Bears would interrupt their fantastic life in the clouds to go on adventures in the world. And they would go out into the world and encourage and rescue children in need, singing songs of joy and hope. But sometimes, the Care Bears would run up against a heartless evil in the world. A force of darkness too powerful for any one of them. And the Care Bears would band together. They would join hands and they would stare down the evil together with the Care Bear stare. Shooting beams of powerful goodness from their thoraxes. And evil would be overcome. Now, in the broad strokes assessment of the decade that was the 80s, the Care Bears are often cited as an example of crass and overgrown sentimentality used as a marketing tool to sell children's toys. And fair enough, the show was really corny, even for a kids' program. But we grown-ups probably shouldn't be too quick to pass judgment. Because sentimentality as a marketing tool, as a pastime, as a manipulation tactic, as a form of entertainment, sentimentality is with us in so many ways. Our Our entertainment industry, our political landscape, what would social media be without sentimentality? Sentimentality is the way a celebrity sings Amazing Grace or Auld Lang Syne on a TV special. Oscar Wilde once said that a sentimental person is one who desires to have the luxury of an emotion without paying for it. So from that point of view, sentimentality is a shortcut, like those fake six-pack abs that you can spray on with a stencil. Yeah, that's a thing. But like the famous Canadian song says, nothing worth having comes without some kind of fight. The mid-20th century Christian activist Ammon Hennessy once said, love without courage and wisdom is sentimentality, as with the ordinary churchgoer. <laughs> the ordinary church member is sentimental, 
easy does it there, Jeremy? Maybe you need to know your audience. These are church folk you're talking to. But many of us have enough experience with religious sentimentality that we know it when we see it. Emotional manipulation in some form or another, in word or in song. Saccharine platitudes that fall flat. Celebrations of friendship and community that end up leaving us cold. The worst of this takes the form of spiritual abuse and pastoral malpractice. And many of us have developed an acute nose for the baloney that is sentimental fakery because we've lived it and we know it well when it's used against us. And this sort of religion has always been with us. The scriptures, old and new, are full of cautionary prophetic warnings against empty religious practice, hollow expressions of worship, and pointless rituals. Side note, the dark shadow of religious sentimentality is frequently cynicism, the response to all that phony baloney and insincerity as a posture of detachment and anger and frustration and disappointment, and finally a blanket rejection of the entire project. But that's another sermon. Two weeks ago, we spent some time considering Christ's disconcerting invitation to follow him, denying ourselves and taking up a cross. Last week, we read another of Paul's grand scriptures, the opening of Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice sounds just about as appealing as taking up a cross. And here in today's scripture that we had read for us in the second half of Romans 12, we're given a description of what bodies presented as living sacrifices looks like. Let love be genuine. Paul's description of genuine love isn't just a string of tips on how to be a better partner or friend. It's not merely some homespun relationship advice. You'll hear echoes of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and Paul's famous love chapter from 1 Corinthians 13. And I promise you, this isn't some sentimental feel-good fluff. Let love be genuine. This is the sort of authentic, wholehearted love that embodies what it is to be a passionate and alive human being. You want to know what genuine love looks like? It doesn't mess around. It takes courage. It takes wisdom. Real love gets right in there in the mess and the risk and the hassle, making ardent and dedicated members of a diverse body, the community of God's people. And all this variety, it's hard. It welcomes in people who don't look or act or sound like us. It asks us to learn and grow and stretch ourselves and our understanding. 
We can't embrace this diverse community without some challenges, some embarrassments, some awkwardness, some discomfort, and the letting go of so many of our assumptions, the letting go of our pride. Let love be genuine. Paul's description of genuine love is so rich in beautiful descriptive language with a deep awareness of just what we are up against. Hate what is evil, he says. Hold fast to what is good. Live with zeal, ardent in spirit, in mutual affection, giving, honoring, blessing, Solidarity means we celebrate the people in our midst when they get a win and we mourn with our people when they suffer loss. We seek harmony. We care for those who are in lonely places. All of this is a description of the Jesus way in the world. The risky and really alive way of being. One that seeks out Valuable people who have been forgotten. Wounded people who we may be left behind. Living sacrifices, that's us. Living sacrifices are ardent, genuine, passionate people, and they weep with you, and they celebrate with you. They are called by the Spirit into the world, venturing out passionately opposing evil in its many forms, sometimes even staring it down together. And if that wasn't enough, the Jesus way also calls us to see the humanity and people who are our enemies, people who threaten us, people who hurt us. Loving and feeding our enemies is the truly radical, revolutionary Christian practice that our angry world desperately needs. Friends, when love is genuine, it costs us. Because such love means we show up. It means we do the work of community. It means we have the hard conversations. Forgiving and being forgiven. It means we take risks. It means sometimes we get hurt. Genuine love costs us part of our lives. It costs us our resources, our pride, and our time. And this is beautiful stuff. But even as I say this, I can feel the weight of such high expectations. All of this is hard work. Too much for any one of us, really. Sounds exhausting, doesn't it? Who can live up to this incredible Jesus way standard? We can call to mind so easily the ways that we fail in this work. How often do we find ourselves in petty squabbles? How often do we fall into the old habits, tired disagreements, But the good news is this, the community of genuine love is also where we are the recipients of much grace and mercy. We are carried and cared for by this same cohort of friends. We stand together. 
And we don't aspire to these things as a personal journey of heroism and virtue. We participate in this common life as a response to the mercy we receive. Even when we find ourselves, again, making a complete mess of things. This is the sort of love we need. This is the sort of love the world needs. Every generation, every local church, whether it's a a tiny congregation or a stately old institution, each Sunday gathering, uh, midweek council meeting, church business meetings, budget committee spreadsheets, gatherings of children and teenagers, our home small group studies and meals, prayer meetings and the private meditations of our hearts, any time, any day, all of this is a venue for the miracle of genuine love, worked out and fleshed out and fought for in our midst. These are our living bodies, gathered in sometimes clumsy solidarity. These are our humble efforts of giving, honoring, blessing, listening. All by the mercies of God. And that, my friends, is anything but sentimental. This is a lifetime of practice we are invited to. Rare and real and beautiful. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Amen.